This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rich. Hey, you want to talk about a couple of couple of stories and from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back? Let's do that. I think so, too. That's a, yeah. that's a great idea. Let's do yeah. that. So the ones that we picked out for this non-scripted episode were, were <laughs> The Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White and This Is No Cave by Catherine Valente. So I didn't write any, I didn't write summaries for these because they were both very short. They were like, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the way we've been with these two is that we don't do summaries. I think I don't even remember. I don't remember. I I, I just don't remember for the, for the casual listener who's just joining this podcast. This is this, this format is something we've done a few times before and it has actually been quite successful in terms of finding quality material for us is that these, so there are two, so far two, and probably a third one coming in a couple of years, two collections of short fiction that are, that are released, that are being released 40 years after the fact for the original trilogy. Right. So in 2017, there was a, from a certain point of view, a new hope collection yep. of short stories. And the stories that we are looking at now are from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back collection of short stories that are based on events of the films and what they do is they take characters or situations from those films that are not part usually that they're not part of the focus of the film and they bring them to the fore and and like invent more backstories for other characters or give known characters deeper understandings of things or whatever it's whatever it is whatever it's been it's been amazing and i have loved every just about every one we've done yeah, I haven't run across one that I haven't liked yet. Yeah, I think Which so. Which is, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good testament, honestly, yeah. to, to the idea itself. And I was thinking about this too. It's a really good testament to, who was I saying this to? I was saying it, saying it to another friend of mine. It's a good testament to, so, so I think there are at least, there's probably more, but there are at least two kinds of fiction creators out there. Mm-hmm. One are the like universe builders, and another is like the quality storytellers, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think what we have here is George Lucas is the master universe builder. Right. Here, like on the like Tolkien level, pretty much. Sure. Yeah. In in different ways, but but similar to Tolkien. But like in the execution of individual movies and writings maybe less so of a like great storyteller in those things. Right. In other words, the strength of the universe for the stuff that George Lucas himself takes a tight hold of makes up for, I would maybe say weaknesses in writing ability or weaknesses in dialogue creation or scene setting or that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then the flip side of, of course, to that equation is that there's, there's the idea of people, fiction writers, whoever, who, who can take an existing universe and give you a great thing inside that universe against the backdrop of that. And I feel like all of the writers that we've come across for these books have, whether or not they're the first thing, they're definitely the second thing. Yeah. They're definitely definitely. the people who like, okay, we can, we can work with some assumptions here. You don't need to know, you don't need to have Jedi or lightsaber explained to you. Right. Or the force or whatever, or, 
Luke Skywalker, right? Those things are all givens and you can assume the readers know that. And right. now what you have, since you have this fantastic backdrop is that you have the ability to, to do a lot with a little. Yeah. Because you don't have to explain anything mm-hmm. essentially, except yeah. the things, except the weird things that aren't explained in the stories, in the films themselves. Right. You know? Right. So, so these, and these two stories that we're talking about here are no exception. All of the things that we've, we've read have that quality of like, I can blow past something because we all know that you the reader know that and then we can go to the interesting thing right away yeah right so yeah that's my that's my overall thought that i had about these things before we even talk about individual stories here that was the thought i had yeah that's i think that's a very good description of it honestly because i think Mm. all of these people that have written these stories everyone that we've read so far i haven't come across a world builder i've come across a character moment somebody who's got this strong ability to pluck from the to use your analogy of the force run their fingers through the timeline of star wars and find like that one little moment and just pluck it out and then expand it you know they've they've done a really good job with yes they really have yeah i think about i think about like the the L337 story that we read yeah, that was yeah. really, really good. Just so good. And expanded on what we already knew about it from Solo in a story that was meant to be, you know, about the Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, yeah. we didn't have to have that explained. Uh, Brittany, Brittany Williams, right? Was that? Brittany Williams, yeah. Yeah, Brittany Williams. She she didn't have to explain who L337 was. She didn't have and to explain any of that. That was the great thing, too, is that, like, you can do the known backdrop mm-hmm. you can use more than just the film that the book is is targeted at right as a backdrop right because l337 yeah. is from solo and and the story comes from empire strikes back ish mm-hmm. right but but it's okay you can and then there was one we read where obi-wan kenobi shortly before he meets his end he talks to the ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn, right? Yes. And yeah. if you only knew A New Hope, you wouldn't know who Qui-Gon Jinn is. But that's, but since the universe exists, you can you can pluck moments from one film and blow them up in the context of other films. It's just, it's it's like what a, what a like again we I bag on George Lucas a lot for like <laughs> shitty writing. Deservedly but, man, so though. Deservedly so. But but like in terms of the 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 like fertility of the thing as a whole yeah like it's undeniable it's undeniable mm-hmm. how 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 fertile that whole thing is yeah yeah definitely i like that you likened him to to tolkien because it does feel that way right like it's it's a huge universe that he's created a huge well yeah. galaxy i guess that he's created that has been basically been strip mined since 1977 for comics and books and video games and other movies and you know tv series and i kind of you know the interesting thing too is that like you like you could you could obviously go you could dive into details and 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 talk about how tolkien and lucas are different right because of course there are there are myriad differences but the interesting thing i think that that you see and you might start to see play out a different way is that so george lucas just basically at some point just flung the doors open and was like, you know, as long as you like, don't bring me a steaming turd, <laughs> it can be star Wars. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the the token verse was not that at all right nothing is right. licensed nothing is whatever the films the lord of the rings and then the hobbit films are the only things that existed as blessed in and of themselves by the 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 family and the caretakers of that intellectual property yeah that's but true. now yeah. but now like i think amazon is creating a series now too mm-hmm. yeah. for for i think earlier in the life of that universe yeah um, they even have and, the composer from the lord of the rings oh okay in that, oh yeah. nice and i guess we'll start to see whether tolkien starts to i was gonna say unravel but just like sort of expand in that same way right of that like very different levels of quality and media and all these things right yeah because i mean if you look at lord of the rings versus hobbit there's already a quality difference and so that that the doors are going to open up more for more of that in the tolkien verse sure if they allow them to be open in that way yeah Anyway, this is wandering off topic. But. <laughs> well, how odd, how strange, how strange, how, how, strange, how, how perfectly, how perfectly strange to yeah. wander off topic. Well, okay, well, let me steer it back then. We're the 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 first one we'll talk about is Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White. This was the first story in the whole the whole collection. Yeah, and basically, interestingly enough, has to do with the probe droids that were sent out by the empire yeah. at the beginning of, of of empire that were looking for the rebels and the one character whose name got autocorrected on my notes so i don't really remember it it's not marla though that's what it got autocorrected to mara um, m-a-e-r-a yeah Mara. yeah there you go she kind of she kind of shares a connection with these droids through her mother yeah and through her through herself really yeah feels connected to these droids because of her mom her mom designed them and like helped build them and now she pilots them or she at least directs them but she can take she can take control direct control yeah Yeah. which she does later in the in the in the in the yeah this this one has that the makings of there's there's a few stories out there and then a few games out there too where you know the the character starts out sort of like you know through through no fault but maybe just ignorance of mm-hmm. like oh hi i'm i'm jane doe and i work for the empire right and i do droids <laughs> yeah. right yeah and it, it doesn't really matter to them that they're like they don't they don't know or understand the atrocities that the empire dumps on the universe right, right. yeah but then through the course of the story, they find out in some way or another. Yeah. Uh, this story didn't bring us to a completion of like, she leaves necessarily, right. but it did. There was a moment of like, Ooh, this is something's not right about this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When, because, because, because the thing is that she, she flags Hoth as the, she's like, something's weird here. I think we need to look at this. And right. it turns out, right. Hey, yeah, that's, that's where the rebellion is. Right. So question about that later on too. Sure. Um, yeah. But then later she comes back to Hoth and looks at the devastation of the attack because she goes, she goes back to, she doesn't know that the empire attacked, right. but she goes to look at Hoth again. And she's like, Oh, there's the turd husks of ATATs, and there's dead people everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a dead Tauntaun and all these kind of stuff. Right. And Which is kinda, what she was looking for anyway. Right. She wanted yeah. to see the Tauntauns. She yeah. Was, she was, enraptured by them yeah yeah so it has it has that it has that flavor of 
a character discovering that the empire is not a good thing. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's definitely a turning point for her though, because she does, I don't remember exactly what it is. Is it, is it Dagobah that she turns them away from? Yeah. I think she, I think she turns them away from Dagobah. She deletes the information or whatever that they, that the she sees the X-wing there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. She sees yeah. the X-wing and she deletes it. So she's, on the cusp of her own personal rebellion, right? Is the way yeah, I kind of looked yeah. at it. It was almost, it was almost as if seeing the dead Tauntauns, which is what she connected to on Hoth, which is what you know she wanted to go back and look at them because she was, you know, like I said, infatuated with them. It was almost as if the death of the Tauntauns in in the Empire's attack was kind of that spot of blood on the pillow moment for her where she realized hey this isn't this isn't what's wrong was. here yeah 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 I, I appreciated that yeah and this 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 story by the way made a few website headlines here and there well really because okay. it became a th- it became a thing that like screen rant did a, did a story about this story you know just kind of one of those like clickbaity things like mm-hmm. did you know that that the empire almost found Dagobah and Luke, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it was yep. based on the, the contents of this story. Interesting. So that was, I mean, that's, that's cool. I like that anyway. Yeah. But the thing that I wanted to do, and I don't know whether we have time for it in this podcast or not, this story has an amazing what if potential to it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Because, because this is the what if that I propose. Okay. What if Mara never discovered the rebellion on Hoth. Okay. What, like, what, what would that mean? Because that immediately, what that immediately did for me was make me question, what was the rebellion doing on Hoth? Not, I mean, I know they were hiding in some sense, Yeah. but what was the long-term plan, right? Good question. Was, Was that all of the rebellion on Hoth or was it part of the rebellion? Was it the leadership of the rebellion or just like, was it everybody who's rebelling? You know, <laughs> when I was a kid watching Empire, I always got the impression that that was all of them. That was everybody. That, that was what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes you see a space battle, and you're like, "There's a lot more people there than I thought were in the rebellion." <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, even in even in Return of the Jedi, there the space battle that they have around the Death Star, there are tons of ship there. Ships There's these are... massive Moncal yeah. cruisers, and you're like, "Yeah, I thought the rebellion was like a couple of schmucks in a." in a you know a, a beat up Chevy truck you know what i mean yeah, like a space pickup truck yeah space, space pickup <laughs> <laughs> but okay so here's my question to follow up with that then where were the mon calamari when this was going on yeah they weren't on hoth right on hoth. probably a bad place for them to be you yeah know? you get some flash frozen fish kind of thing <laughs> also mon calamari is just a really dumb name for like squid looking creatures sorry guys uh, george lucas i know we were just tooting your horn but i'm just gonna, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna knock it out of your hands damn it george and, and from atop his pile of money he's like haha i've never listened to your podcast i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i imagine him as like a job of the hut type character <laughs> Or like <laughs> kill them. Who cares? <laughs> but next thing you know, our subscription to Podbean is gone, and we <laughs> all of our podcasts are wiped out. What the fuck happened? I didn't even. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even know who we were a second ago. That, that so that could. So my proposal is this though. Yeah, this whole question could make an interesting Katina chat. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's okay. let's throw that in the hopper for for the next. Put it in the old 
Put in the old hopsy doozle. Hopsy doozle. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very punchy tonight. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Punchy's good. So the other thing that I had for this particular story, there's one line that I just loved. Being wrong in the empire is never that simple. Yeah. So they had a little bit of an inkling that the empire yeah. was pretty fucking it's like, Ooh. Yeah. But, but I love that line. Being wrong in the empire is never that simple. Yeah, it's true. It holds throughout everything. Yeah. It holds, you know. Like yeah, because even even in like even in Rise of Skywalker, the big bad general guy, yeah, he just executes Hux like right on the bridge. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the, is the Empire's command structure basically you can kill anyone below you without <laughs> consequence? You know what I mean? I, I, it might be if, honestly. If you're like first lieutenant of your platoon of star troopers from <laughs> star troopers jesus star troopers can you just legit blast the rest of your team and they're like well he's the lieutenant so he can do it <laughs> guys honestly we should have seen this coming <laughs> i never thought this was a great rule and then and then and then the emperor kills that guy right right like the guy who says i don't think that was a good rule he's dead but they do seem to kind of live by that Sith code, right? Where they like, do. hey, you bother me now, so you're gone, you know, you or you fucked up and see it. Dead. Yeah. D-E-D, dead. Wait. Dead. Right. You know. As dead as anything that ever died. Dead as anything that ever died. But I, I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Yes. I love Kudos. the old beats. Yeah. Sorry. Kudos to Kirsten White. Yeah, definitely. My favorite beat in the whole thing was the fact that she had that that eye yeah and i think it was in her pocket or something like yeah, that she kept yeah. like touching it like it yep. was this touchstone for her yeah i thought that was very really good. really cool i thought i liked that yeah all right so let's move on to this is no cave which is basically the story of the space slug that the millennium falcon lands in thinking that it's yeah. a cave and again this 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 made me think of the wampa story where like the wampa had like a family and he was just trying to feed his family yeah you know like there's so much more which i mean really it stands to reason right i mean these are just people or creatures that are caught in the middle of this gigantic galactic conflict yeah and they have other lives and it turns out which i thought was a great touch it turns out that the one mega slug yeah they fly into like he's at a meeting of the mega slugs, right? <laughs> right. That whole, whole, that whole asteroid field is full of the mega slugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you only ever see the one that they fly into. You know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> and and when it was trying to like chomp at them, it wasn't trying to swallow them. Basically, it was, like, it was trying to yeah, like have a symbiotic relationship with them, right? Where like they would live in its ecosystem. This to me, I thought this was a great like just in i mean a really cool concept in terms of star wars but also a great exploration of like just how unknowable some things can be to some sets of species right yeah like it's easy to imagine how unknowable it is for a human to know what it's like to be you know even a chimp right but imagine imagine what it in knowing what it would be like to be a tree like oh, that's yeah. that's completely un that's a completely opaque to us. Right. Whether a tree even has experiences. 
maybe it does, but just on a scale that a time scale that's foreign to us or, or what it would, what is, what it's like to be a slug. You know what right. I mean? Right. Or what it's like to be anything. But then also this is, this just cranks it up even higher because rather than being like a lower species, it's almost like a, almost like a higher species if you yeah. could term it that way. Right. Yeah. Because it has this, this incredible lifespan. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it like literally ingests things so that they can become part of it. Right. And then it can like show its buddies, Hey, look, I ingested some space butterflies. <laughs> right. And, and what did you, what did you eat? And how did they become part of you? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and like it, the, the grumbles and groans of the creature are it trying to talk to Han Solo and, and whoever else. Right. Yeah. Just a, just a great touch of, like there's nobody in the wrong there and yet it's all wrong right right the the worm the worm doesn't want to kill him they don't want to kill the worm but like everybody interprets things the wrong way but what was really great was one thing that i thought was great was that by the end the psyo the space slug yep is like i can't wait for the day when they are part of me again Yes. Right. And he and he yes. doesn't mean he doesn't mean particularly Han Solo. Right. He means like the stuff that was Han Solo will one day be part of me again. Yes. You know? I I love that so ah, much. So great. Yes. The okay, it said that it said that it would meet the atoms that were them. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they could share memories of yeah. hey, do you remember that time you were inside my stomach and I tried to make oxygen for you and you flew your ship out of me? You know what right. I mean? Like like just a crazy weird 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 to our senses but not to the space slug. Like right. space slug expects to live for trillions of years. Right. You know, yeah. and have all kinds of encounters like this and and to encounter parts of those creatures again, you know, right. and incorporate them. Well, and to be and to be so, well, I guess forward thinking to our species, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't expect to ever encounter Han and Leia as Han and Leia. They expect that everything comes around in the end, right? Yeah, everything is a part of everything else. It's almost like a well. well let's talk about another Disney property for a second here. It's a circle of life, right? Yeah, it's this whole thing where like yeah you know, when we die, our bodies become the grass and the antelope eat the grass, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, you know, which I fucking you... love. I love yeah. that. Oh, I love that too. And it makes you like, what makes me curious is like, what is, what is the cycle of the space slug? Like what is its circle? Yeah. You know what I mean, like do, do those creatures die? And if so, what happens when they die? How, how long do they live? It, because like the, 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 the beginning, he's like born out of the area where, you know there are black dwarfs and things like that right, right? yeah on the on the outer 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 rim mm-hmm. where 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 he is or where it is i should say yeah they're not gendered they're not gendered and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really even know what light is at first right? right until it kind of looks toward the core you know and then it's like oh interesting i'm gonna float toward here for trillions of years or whatever you know what i mean and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so such a like Kudos again, calling out the author, Catherine Valente. Kudos to you. Yeah. Super cool concept. Yes. Very cool concept. The, this Sayo knows the Jedi and the Sith, but he doesn't know them or it doesn't know them as the Jedi or the Sith. It knows 
those creatures and knows what their battles were, or at least knows what their yeah. Do you think that this creature? Do you think that Sio is part of the continuum of the Force? I feel like there's something to that. Yeah. For two reasons. Okay. One is that it keeps mentioning the hum. Yeah. And like, I get the sense that maybe that's supposed to be because just like how in like High Republic, all the Jedi have these have their own ways of thinking oh, yeah. about the Force. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that, this guy, this creature, and I guess probably its compatriots too, think of the hum, and maybe that's maybe to them that's most of the Force to them. But then mm. the second thing is that like. When 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 the Millennium Falcon is inside it, it sees Leia as a bright spot. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? Which is like maybe and and maybe who knows, maybe maybe if a Jedi or somebody who was trained and like sensitive in in, in like reaching out with the force better would perceive this creature in a similar sense, maybe not even as a bright spot, but maybe as like a hum or a vibration right like it may yeah. it like somebody who is tuned to the force more maybe would experience this creature as like a a flavor or a part of the spectrum of the force that they've never encountered before mm. right yeah because because yeah. i mean if if life creates the force but it's also connected through the the rocks and the trees and all this other kind of stuff like mm-hmm. if there's a if there's a completely fucking kooky crazy alien form of life mm-hmm. maybe there's a completely fucking kooky crazy version of the force yeah. that that alien life has as its own thing mm. you know yeah like maybe the hum is the sio's like version of the force right because there's because you have some creatures who can like hunt better through the forest because that's Mm -hmm. like because they they maybe they have simpler brains and hunting is really all they know right Right. so their their knowledge and expression of the force is using it on the hunt but these creatures have like longer lives and larger bodies and perception that's broader and different than like creatures like us yeah so maybe like the cosmic microwave background radiation has this like hum to it that connects to the force that they, cause they see the Jedi and Sith as these sort of like, since they live so long and they go so slow, mm-hmm. they don't live inside one conflict. They see the, like the tide just going in and out of those yeah. two. Right. Yeah. Yep. The first thing I thought of with the hum was that it was, I think they, they make it seem like it's the story of the universe through Sio and Sio's species, eyes, right? Which is a if that is the force, that's a great way to interpret the force. And maybe, like oh, I like that because because maybe for that, Rick, because 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 Avar Chris has the music thing right, right, yep. and the other guys have like tidal waves and other whatever other kind of fucking things. Maybe yep. these creatures are so long lived that the force makes itself apparent in stories to them. Oh, like yeah. maybe, maybe stories are expressions of the force to them. Ooh. And the force is expressed through stories. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love oh, that. I, I love kinda, that. I kind of dig that. Yes. Yes. Because, That's... because that takes it like, 
one thing that I, one thing that I make, I don't know if it's a mistake or not, mm-hmm. but I often, I often, you know, when I'm, when I get kind of snarky about stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, actually at light speed, you can't go that far by the, in two <laughs> hours. You know, I get, I get that kind of yeah. affectation a little bit. Right. But, but really, I mean, come on, it's, it's space wizards in the future past. Right. So like, let's let some fucking magic be there. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Why not? So, right? so why can't, why can't there be like, why can't a version of the force be story weavers, right? Or story listeners or story absorbers, right? Maybe, yeah. like maybe these guys, because they, because they eventually consume the constituent parts of the creatures they encounter, like maybe they are, maybe their purpose in the force or the hum or the whatever mm-hmm is to sort of re-aggregate things and to sort of learn maybe these creatures are the way that the force learns the story of the universe oh man oh man right yeah okay so like it so that puts it at a very symbiotic relationship yeah with the force so then these creatures are kind of they're kind of the the guide for the force to really know like what what to you know what to do and what to, you like know, where to go what's going on you what's know? going on yeah shit oh, like maybe man. there's another like maybe there's another creature not not sayo but a different member of his species yeah that like influenced maybe not even intentionally but influenced the creation of like prophecies for anakin sky for the one the chosen one right oh, man. Yeah. because maybe this maybe this creature is living in a moment of great unbalance and has digested so much of the matter of the universe in that time of unbalance that a story becomes apparent. And so the force, like the force is absorbing enough of the story of the universe through this creature that then the force influences like the prophecy and influences the birth. Maybe, maybe, maybe these creatures are one of the vectors for influencing the birth of Anakin Skywalker. Not, not by dropping like, you know, snail semen on a planet. Right. <laughs> oh no. Shmi no, 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 no. Skywalker got knocked up by a space. She, snail. she just got, she just got like covered in snail goo and didn't know. <laughs> not, what happened? <laughs> what happened? Oh, I feel, I feel pregnant now. I don't think it works that way, Paul, but 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 more like more like the it, it it was this like conjoined seesaw set of story times of this this particular or this maybe it was more than one of them who were experiencing the universe as it was at a certain time and through their through their gathering of the things and learning the stories the force realize is probably the wrong word for a thing like the force, but I'm going to use it because I don't have a better word. Sure. But through it, the force realizes that there's an imbalance and then the force kind of reaches out through itself to yeah. try to correct that balance. Hence the huh. prophecy, hence Anakin, hence Luke, right? Hence all of these things. Yeah. Hence the emperor. Like there's, there's so much potential for a creature that is, that is like this. And of yeah. course, we're we're throwing our own interpretation. We're just like but... this. She, she like this person, Catherine, who, by the way, I'm sure will never hear this podcast. But if she right, is, right. great. Like we'll hear this and go, guys. That is not at all what I meant by this. It's you are so. <laughs> it's a space slug. Just come on, <laughs> Jesus. But I don't but, think that's true. I honestly, because 
there's so much talk of like the rhythm of life and the yeah. hum being the like the the constant between all of yeah. them and like yeah. everything adds to the hum. I think we're onto something with that being the force or at least being their interpretation of yeah the or the or like just or like just the idea that the force is bigger than the Jedi and Sith thought it was, right? Yeah. Like these creatures are experiencing a version or a type of the force that just is not even part of the Jedi Sith continuum right. at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <sighs> so and good. I, I'm glad you picked blown, this one. Dude. Because this one, this one, I think might have been, might be one of my favorites from this yeah. So yeah. We slept on it for too long, I think. <laughs> God. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with this? I don't really have anything else to say about stories at this point. Those are the things that I wanted to talk about. Oh, wait, I do have one other thing. So I really thought it was interesting that the that Sio refers to its its progenitor as mother, father, or father, mother. Mm-hmm. So two no, those are kind of traditionally now. I'm not obviously this is not the case, but traditionally gendered names, traditionally gendered titles. Yeah in a species that doesn't have gender and i'm wondering why they didn't just use the word parent or like yeah. progenitor or something like yeah, that yeah i wonder maybe there's more to the gender of sio species than just they don't have a gender yeah. maybe there's maybe they're maybe they it's are just... hermaphroditic or something like that yeah. or they're both maybe or yeah. something along those lines yeah it could be huh. hmm. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of slugs and snails who are that way. So yeah. Oh, could, that's true. Oh yeah. shit! Look at yeah. that. Shit. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Problem solved. Problem solved. So we've come to the we come to the point where we we roll the dice and take our chances with what is coming next. And we talked about a cantina chat about what if the empire didn't what if the empire didn't find the rebellion <laughs> on Oth? Yeah. yeah. What do we what do we want to have as the other? I know we've we've put Jedi Knight to Jedi Outcast out there, but I know that time constraints are, are out there for both. Time of us is right a now. thing. Yeah. So maybe we don't maybe we don't do that right now. Yeah. Maybe how about this? What do you got? Maybe how maybe maybe the force just spoke to us well enough and we just call it next thing we're doing is a cantina chat. You just want to call it cantina chat? Wanna... Okay. Let's just fucking call it, dude. Okay. I like, like it. I think the force. The force spoke strongly enough to me to say, Paul, advocate for this. And so I, he- I hereby I hereby advocate for that. <laughs> Advocation has been noted. Gavel gavel. That is what we shall do. That's what we'll do. <laughs> sweet. Cool. All right. Okay. Well, short but sweet, I think, right? Yeah. This was a good one. I'll make sure I tag both of the authors in this on Twitter yeah. again. I'm going to try to find them and give them kudos on this stuff. This, yeah. is, this is good stuff. Because we did have a really good a really good conversation with Brittany Murphy. You did. Or Brittany Murphy. Brittany, Brittany Murphy. It was Brittany a seance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brittany Murphy's dead, isn't she? That's why it's a seance. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Brittany Williams. Brittany Ann Williams. You had yeah. a really good conversation. Uh, I, I exchanged a couple tweets with her. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, there are people are listening. So. <laughs> or at least listening to our tweets. So anyway, we'll, yes. We'll yeah. yeah. When I'll, we release this I'll episode, we should reach out to them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I will. Definitely, I will. Okay, so next okay. week is Cantina Chat. Jeff's of the Multiverse, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Okay, bye.
thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later!